0: Welcome to the SEO Freelancer Podcast. My name is Nick Leroy, and I am your host. And today, I'm very excited to have Sarah Taher with me. She's going to be talking a bit about what it's like to do freelancing on the side, in addition to a nine-to-five SEO job. Before we jump into this month's episode, I want to do a quick shout-out to this month's sponsor, SEOChatter.com. Do you want to jump into SEO freelancing? but not sure you're good enough to make it work? At SEOchatter.com, you can get the expert training you need to succeed for free. SEO Chatter is one of the fastest growing sites in our industry that teaches every aspect of SEO. You'll find hundreds of free guides on keyword research, on-page optimization, link building, and more to help you maximize your website's rankings and traffic. Visit SEOchatter.com to see for yourself. And click subscribe button to get your free SEO training gift. Go to SEOchatter.com today. Thank you again to this month's sponsor, SEO Chatter. Now let's jump into this month's episode. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me today here, Nick.
0: Yes, absolutely. So for those that aren't familiar with you, are you willing to share a little bit about yourself? Obviously, we know your name, we know you're an SEO, but give us a little background about, you know, who is Sarah?
1: Okay, so I've been doing SEO for eight years now. I stumbled upon it accidentally. I launched an online magazine. I was managing a team of editors, and we were creating great content. And I was like, okay, so how do we get more people to read it? That's where I started to learn and, you know, take boot camps and so on. And within a year, I took it from zero to 90,000 visits per month. Ooh, awesome. um, and a lot of things happened as well. Like, uh, the it became popular in my community. The I was interviewed by the local radio um the big the biggest um it was in arabic so the biggest one of the biggest arab arabic uh, content portals starting to started to repost our content on their website, which was like really really cool back then uh some of the people who contributed to the website uh were invited to ted talks for example again in in so it was like pretty cool right I was like wow that's really fun um and then that was in egypt I moved to dubai i was I was in love with SEO, but I was also interested in entrepreneurship and startups. And when I say startups, I mean like uh, technical startups with an innovative component. So um, again, I, I launched a tech startup. I was managing a team of uh, developers in Ukraine, and I was able to take it to grow it to a, a, a as a in a seed stage uh, startup very reasonably with, with SEO because I was doing basically everything else other than development. So it was like a lot. Um, and I was able to get accepted to Y Combinator, which is like the world's best uh, startup accelerator. Uh, they had an online startup school launch that year. So I was like, wow, that's my chance. And I got mm-hmm. into it. And I started it started to grow, really. But I ran out of funds and I wasn't able to raise funds. And I was too shy to ask people to pay for the service. <laughs> so and I know that sounds ridiculous, but that was that. So um i moved from that i had a lot of seo experience in my pocket so i and i loved it so i moved into an in-house role uh in dubai uh I, it was um um th- the biggest um uh, travel agency in the middle east it's like expedia which was pretty cool for me to get into that uh and i to this day i i'm still grateful for that experience i had a lot of great managers that helped me grow there and and Understand a lot of things um, and dynamics how SEO sits with other and works with other teams and so on, as well as being able to connect with uh, in-house developers and understand a lot of technical stuff that were not commonly talked about back then, like programmatic pages, for example. right. So I moved from uh, I moved to Canada. Uh, I freelanced a bit, and then I started to work at agency and then in-house, and then I moved back to agency, which is where I am today.
0: Uh, yeah, so that's that's a, that's a that's a lot of experience at the very beginning, and, and I'll just say in comparison, you know, here you are building a website that is driving what do you say ninety thousand visits when you very yeah. first. Started? Yeah. yeah, I think my, my first website outside of com was bestholisticdogfood.net, and I didn't make a single penny off of it. So it just shows how we all start from somewhere, but some of us have a little bit more success than others. So. Or, or luck. Maybe <laughs> I was lucky.
1: Maybe I was just lucky, you know? You know what?
0: <laughs> there is no luck. Hard work is always valuable. I think I just chased the money, whereas you chased a passion
1: yeah i think literally i had a problem monetizing anything i i would I think, and and that was a part of a struggle in my freelancing journey. So back when I was uh, working in-house in um, the, my first role, I also freelanced and worked part-time with an, an, a local SEO agency there. And that was good for me because I didn't have to deal directly with the clients and ask them for money. Like, this is a skill I had to grow into, literally. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, and absolutely, and I think you know that consulting aspect of it is such a unique skill set. I mean, learning SEO is hard enough. You know, there's a lot of things that are constantly changing, as you, myself, and everybody on this podcast already knows. But um, the people element of it, the communication, I think, truly is one of the components that uh, turns us from being a good SEO to a great SEO. But Definitely. if you don't. like Let's jump a little bit into, so you covered a little bit about your first job. So do you want to talk just a little bit more about how did you, and we heard about your past, but how did you get this job? Did you apply kind of with the, the experience sharing, you know, the success you had with the site? You know How long were you there for? And then everybody's favorite question, if you don't mind sharing what you were earning at the time.
1: Okay, so I was able to get the job because of what I've done, you know, in my startup and previously in my, uh, the magazine, right? It, it, it was like really it differentiated me a lot compared to other candidates who just, you know, a lot of them would started in SEO. They were in a role that somehow, you know, uh, doing social media and some SEO. As, so it was, it did differentiate me when I applied. Um, I stayed there for a year before moving to Canada and, um, I was earning, so in, in UAE, uh, money, it's, uh, 10 K, which is, it was, it was good back then. That was okay for a junior position. Sure. Yeah. 10 K would be like, um, I think back then it was around three U K USD per month.
0: Per month. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, you can certainly uh, live off of that. Yeah. I know we've been, um, uh talking with various guests and it's interesting when it has come down from everything from making you know i think if christina was saying that she's making the equivalent of like 500 bucks a month to you know we have people like steve toth or you know making you know 40 grand a month you know it's just all over the place
1: i think it, it i was lucky because in dubai people at least back then when i was there people tend to have bigger salaries than you know because that's people go to Gulf countries to make savings. So that's probably why it was like that. But when I was freelancing for the agency there, I was getting like for uh, 20 hours per week. uh, So total 80 hours per month, I was getting paid around 500 or $600 uh, per month for that work. So,
0: and that's a very good transition. So naturally, one of the reasons I was very interested in having Sarah on uh, the podcast is she still has a nine to five job. But she freelances in addition. Um, a lot of my guests previously have been freelance SEOs for a couple of years now or just kind of starting out on the journey, but they're 100% dedicated to it. And I think the opportunity to discuss how freelance can continue to augment our, our earnings and learning opportunities is super important. So if you don't mind, Sarah, will you share with us a little bit um, what encouraged you to freelance in addition to, you know, that first job, I think you're saying, it sounds like you were making some decent money at the time. Was it strictly money? Was it learning? I'd love to hear a little bit more.
1: I wanted to learn as much and do as much as I can. And I wanted to see how other people are doing SEO as well. Right. So this was like a very good opportunity for me for that, for, for that, because the money wasn't I like I was. I, I had a decent salary and the money i was getting paid from the agency wasn't that much and uh it it, it was actually a lot of work because uh, I work like one hour driving and because back then we used to go to the office to work full time Mm -hmm. so one hour driving in the morning and then nine to six not nine to five and then (laughs) one hour back and then you have to do your freelancing and I literally some nights I would and I have my family as well right so literally sometimes I would sleep fall asleep on my laptop literally I would be like my head would be dropping and and the money was it like was not enough motivation for me to do that but I mm-hmm. wanted because I wanted to do it because I wanted to learn as much as I can and I wanted to uh see what others are doing and be able to get feedback right at this state, yeah yeah no
0: and, and I think that's it's one thing it's not that everybody should have to be you know doing the 80 90 100 hour you know months but I, it seems like we don't see that quite as often. I I kind of did the same type of thing, you know. It was work, you know, 40, 50 hours during the week. I came home and it was like launching a website, taking on a project. But I think it was very similar to what you were mentioning. It's much more about learning, and for me, it was almost fear of like what don't I know? You know, so I was always yeah. for that same reason. But I think this actually brings us to a, a really good conversation. I can share some of my thoughts, but I'd love to hear from you. How do you handle? The, the conversation or is there one about freelancing on the side when you have a nine to five SEO job? Is that something that you've had conversations with um, your bosses about or did you kind of do it on the sly? Like walk us through a little bit your experience.
1: Um, I definitely every time I apply for a job, I definitely discuss that and make it clear. And I've seen situations where people say we're not comfortable with that and uh and i've seen people would say we don't mind that so yeah. I, right and it's funny when people say they're not comfortable with that because i mean in their mind they're afraid that this is going to jeopardize the, the the work their the, the full-time job but i mean if you're being honest with them and you're disclosing it you're not hiding anything and they should see that you're a responsible person but they don't see that so i mean um and 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 this is where you need to make a decision i mean the best path is just be clear about it because i'm i'm really you know i'm i'm on linkedin all over the place and uh i and i may talk about clients like I, I don't name them obviously but i may mention that i have a current client or uh something around that so the best path for me is always to talk about it and be transparent with it so uh and and i've seen also situations where companies include that in their contract that you may work as much as you want Mm -hmm. outside their hours and not on um people like not on businesses that are competing with the the current clients which is fair enough as well so uh yeah so like my current uh agency uh in the in the contract it does include uh talking about working outside uh having your own consulting work right Mm-hmm. so yeah and
0: when, when you say when when that's in the contract it's saying that that's okay like they approve
1: of it yeah as long as there is those you know you're you're not working for a competitor or having this conflict of interest or uh, those situations as long as yeah. you're not in one of those situations you're good
0: absolutely and I think that's kind of been my experience as well you know there's naturally a non-compete you don't want to work for the competitors, to your day clients, and you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're ruffling any feathers at work. I would say, and Sarah would love for your, your opinion as well, one thing that I did not do a good job early on in my career when I worked at the agency, but was better you know, more recently, and obviously now that I'm freelance full-time, is making sure that you do separate like your technology and your tech stacks because there are some companies that will get very upset if you're using your work computer to be sending emails, even if it's outside of your work hours, or if they have a SEMrush account and you're using it. You know, I I think that, again, in that full transparency, if you're going to freelance, it's really trying to separate it so that you can be very um, intentional in both efforts and not have them, you know, reflect upon one another or leverage resources, et cetera.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, I have separate laptops, obviously, like the company's laptop company's tools are theirs. Mine. I have my own screaming frog license, my own SEM rush uh, and so on. And I mean, it, it saves a lot. And if for, like, for me in my mind, if this conversation ever pops up, you have, you can show your, like you have your own license, you have your own stuff. And uh, you know, I, I, I like to have this like separation and have, and and in it helps you have, if, if that discussion ever pops up, you have the evidence to support that you are not doing anything wrong. But I mean, I, at the end of the day, again, I generally speaking, uh, I, I do feel that employers should trust their employees um, and, I mean, if you disclose that, this means that you're being responsible and, um, you know, taking the, the necessary uh, steps to make sure that they don't impact each other.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And I can say as a hiring manager, most people by now know that, you know, I was on the agency side for 10 plus years and on the latter half of that had hired quite a few people and any time that i saw that somebody was interested or currently had freelanced or built their own websites or just basically were even building like a personal like persona like i was 90% interested in those candidates like right off the bat like as long as you were good with like a culture fit like that to me excites me because there's something to be said about you can be really good at your job 9 to 5 come in come out but if you're actively trying to learn outside of work like i can't force you to do that as like a team lead but if you're going to do that to yourself so that you can either get more experience make a little bit extra money that inherently is going to help you with your nine to five so i wish more people if they're not would actually embrace this obviously keeping in consideration what we had talked about before with non-competes and technology but i think that is more um just general respect for one another
1: yeah, I mean, I think we do need to change the conversation, literally, about having a side gig in addition to your full-time job. It it should be normal. It should be seen as something positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should not be like. And I and I actually, you know, when you get, go into an interview, this is actually one way I do check what the way people respond to that because I would like to work in a place where people trust you right off the bat from day one. I so. Uh, for me, it's also like a a way to interview them as much as they're interviewing me. Um, Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that what you had said is super important, the idea of interviewing them. I mean, similar to what I would do, you know, with my clients, you know, I'm interviewing them as much as they are. But You know, going in, especially now with the SEO market being as hot as it is, and nearly any SEO can get any job they want, you know, go in and ask these type of questions. And it's not about being a bully, but it's making sure that you're set up to succeed with them, and vice versa. Yeah, I remember taking calls. You know, Sarah, as as you kind of alluded to as well, things would be going really, really good, and then you know they'd ask you some of these questions, and naturally, I would bring up some side clients. And I remember one individual specifically, it was for an agency, had said oh, so I see that you do freelancing. Yeah, I just want to let you know that we have a strict no freelancing policy here. And I was just kind of gutted by that. I just told him, I was like, honestly, this is kind of a deal breaker. Like, for me, I had always used freelancing as the ability to make, and I'm using kind of air quotes here, you know, extra money. This is what I spoiled my kids with, you know, bought the candy, small little trips. You know, it was never something I relied on. But I was unwilling to put myself in a situation where I was a hundred percent dependent on a salary. So I just hope that, you know, other people that are being in that situation to your point, Sarah, are having the broader conversation about why is it that you're not encouraging this?
1: Yeah. I feel they just, maybe they never freelance themselves. So they, they have doubts on how you're going to be managing that. Or I, I feel it's a ma- matter of trust. And uh, it's sometimes it's not comfortable for me personally to go into a role knowing that they wouldn't trust me if I wanted to have a side project. And again, when we talk about transparency, again, even with your freelance clients, if you have another freelance uh, project that comes up that would have like some, like I had a, um, a makeup client and uh, it's for a uh, woman, if for 50 plus women mm-hmm. uh and then I had another uh makeup client reach out and I had to disclose that to my first client I told them okay guys they this business they want me to work with them is that okay with you or not so they checked the website it's the different different target audience so they were okay but I mean it's it's not just um for a full-time job it's, it's also even with your freelancing clients you need sometimes, like if you get in those situations I mean for, we have invested so much in our careers and put out poured our heart into learning SEO. I would not jeopardize that for an extra client, you know? Not uh, at all. Yeah, like, I, I, I really don't care. I'd rather mm-hmm. lose the client uh, than have someone say, oh, you tricked us and you have another client and you've been like, you know, uh, and this is like a conflict of interest. I would never do that and put myself. And I mean, every single good SEO that invested So much time and effort into this would not, uh, would not, I cannot imagine someone wasting all of this over, you know, a a, a client that you can get another one later, you know?
0: No, absolutely. I think it kind of goes back to personal branding, which we'll talk about, you know, we only have one name associated with us and it takes years and years and years to build trust and expertise. But I mean, you can make one decision in a split second and it can ruin it overnight.
1: Yeah, and yeah,
0: it's not worth cashing it in for a quick buck just for that.
1: I mean, you work on a website for a long time before you start seeing any results, and then you ask them to give you like a review or recommendation. So I'm not going to waste all of these you know efforts just for, I don't know, a consultation client or, and um, yeah, I mean that and, and that's the, that's one one time I discussed this actually with another uh, SEO like a, a really an expert seo and and um even this mindset it does impact a lot of the work you do and even when when i was working in-house and you start getting pushed away from you know the typical like you're not being involved as you should be Mm -hmm. one time i just told them guys no good seo is gonna sit on the bench and watch (laughs) that's not gonna happen you know like you you definitely hired the wrong person i'm not gonna just sit there and watch you do a migration that's not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's yep. not gonna happen, you know. Um, so, uh, I, I it's, for for me, like freelancing is it, it's a lot of things, but one of them is it's I genuinely like what I do, uh, it, and uh, I wouldn't jeopardize that.
0: I think your analogy of sitting on the bench is so true. <laughs> um, I've mentioned this I think before on the on the past, you know, on the latter end of my uh, agency career you know, when I was kind of at the director level, you find that as you scale up in these positions, the amount of SEO you do goes down. And it got <laughs> to the point where I was sitting in meetings for, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day and I wasn't doing it. It was delegating day in and day out. And, and trust me, I mean, if I don't have to do manual redirect mappings ever again, I'll, I'll probably be okay with that. But you miss, you know, doing the work. And when I went out freelance full-time, I was surprised at how much I actually missed it. Like I I knew I missed part of it, but I liked getting my hands dirty. I liked doing more than just talking about best practices and and talking about strategies. So I, I completely understand that. And I think that's potentially one reason why someone may want to consider freelance as well, in addition to learning more and potentially making some extra money. But again, as you kind of are climbing a corporate ladder, historically that means you were doing less so if you love getting your hands dirty and being deep in those crawls you know freelancing is just an opportunity to talk about or to discuss
1: yeah and i mean even when you're and and i mean even if you're still getting your hand dirty hands dirty to an extent and an agency there are still some restrictions on and and pressure on pleasing the client in a way and Mm -hmm you don't have, sometimes you don't have the say in that, like the client wants this, but maybe that's not what's best for them. They want that. We're doing that. You know, you don't have that like that had, have much say in certain situations, Mm -hmm. but when you have your own clients, you do have the say like, and um, maybe that's why actually I also feel having my full-time role and having clients on the side gives me that opportunity or make it easier for me to not worry about pleasing the clients versus telling them what they should be doing. Right. So it's a lot of things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, we're kind of going to blend a little bit personal projects versus freelance projects, but I think you would probably agree. Tell me if not, what you can learn and what you can test on say your own websites, is not necessarily something we're always comfortable doing on a client's website? So we have to push ourselves to be able to learn so we know what we shouldn't do as much as we should do for, you know, our nine to five like agency clients.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I, I remember one time a few years ago, I got a manual action on one of my websites, right? And, that, yeah. and now I learned what not to do, right? Right. And, <laughs> so, and it's terrifying
0: again, something like that, but it's ultra terrifying. I mean, you can only think of, you know, you probably think, oh my gosh, I'm gonna lose my job. How am I going to pay my bills? Yeah. Or, that's yeah, exactly. you know nine to five. Whereas now you're just like, what the heck happened? Like I'm going yeah. down this rabbit hole today.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um I mean it's having this combination and having also personal personal projects are really important for, for any good SEO or anyone who wants to be an SEO good SEO to develop to v- develop. You have to have this ground zero where you you know try things and make changes and you're just, you know, whatever, I'll just see what happens. It does help a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So knowing that you've done all of that, I mean, you've done everything. You've been agency, you've <laughs> been in-house, you know, you've done the freelance, you've had your own projects. I'm going to ask a point to questions that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking right now. So Sarah, have you given consideration to going freelance full-time? And if I you see. have or haven't, can you share a little bit more like what your thinking is?
1: So I thought about it. I, I just don't see myself doing it and here's why i and i know it works for people great and that during the times that i was when, when i was shifting from one country to the other and i freelanced fully uh, full-time i it, it's awesome it's like you have all the flexibility like i like yeah. it right when but here's
0: great, is, great. <laughs> no yeah. one talks about what it's bad we need to have a whole <laughs> other episode just about that
1: it's it's awesome right but a few things i noticed first of all you're pretty lonely mm-hmm Uh, And even if you build a team, it's very easy that you become the expert in the room. You're the boss. Even if, no matter how friendly and open you are to discussions, people will always prioritize making pleasing you in a way or another over over having like those hot debates. So I I, I just don't want to be... And it's not that I w- don't want to lead an SEO team but I don't want to be like the the owner of the business or owner of an agency in a way that because and, and I've also since I've also worked in small agencies before and um I've seen this situation and I it's not I, I don't feel this is a, a setup I want to be in like I don't want to be the expert the the, the 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 it's good to be the expert but I want other voices as well to challenge what I say and show me when I'm wrong. Uh, So these two things do uh, impact, like make, make it not as attractive to me. And then you have the stress of making sure your sales funnel is always full, making sure, um, you know, your clients are happy and so on. And um, I, I just feel like, I'm the type of a person who would like to just focus on doing SEO without all these other things. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that's why I, at least for now I don't see myself doing it full time. Maybe that would change. Sure. But, but well, that's not part everything
0: can change, you know, in a day. I mean, as been very vocal, you know, I've always liked the idea of freelancing. I never had the gut to actually do it full time. And then I got fired. And it's like, I started going through the interview process, got some really junky offers and sat through a six round interview for a job I really wanted and then didn't get it. And, you know, basically I had to get so frustrated to the point where I was like, that's it. You know, I, I can do this better. But I think you truly, if you are a good employee, which it sounds like you are, I was never a very good employee. I was always hard to manage, but... There can be a, a best of both worlds. I think. I'm, I'm, at- I'm
1: actually. I've been actually laid off before. So yeah, I'm, I'm hard to manage as well. <laughs> I, I <laughs> no, will admit The
0: best of us are, are like <laughs> I mean, that. Though.
1: I mean, I would I would say uh, the thing is with people who have, if you have this freelancing mindset, even if you're working full time, or if you have that, it, it, it means there's a lot of other traits in your personality. You and and uh, and sometimes it actually means you really love what you do and that's why, you know, you took a full, so this does not necessarily align with a lot of, from my experience and interviewing for jobs and so on. some people will not hire you just because they're intimidated by, by you. So, right. or maybe they would, you would be laid off just because your coworkers are not comfortable around you because, uh they just intimidated they just feel like you know it, 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 I've, I've seen i don't want to dig into that a lot but yeah. sometimes you're just making people uncomfortable just because who you who how much you care and how much you love something and you're so obsessed with it and um you know they they they're not on the same level and they're just so they feel that you're gonna like uh you win the, the corporate race or something. And that's, that's not what, what was on your mind. And then they start getting in your way and yeah, things happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and no one can see this cause this is audio, but I've never been, you know, shucking my head up and down <laughs> so much. And, and what I, and like you said, we certainly don't have to go into it anymore, but I think a lot of what I allude that to is just corporate politics and yeah. politics yeah. exists, whether it's a very large company or a very small company and what I alluded to not being the best employee at times, I think it's because I never was really good at the games. You know? Yeah, that's like yeah. That's,
1: <laughs> it's just yeah. I I totally agree. Uh, I'm I'm listening to this book uh, Forty Eight Rules of Power, and mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. It talks about politics in in a way or another, and it's ridiculous how many people in history went like literally were killed or because people were not were intimidated by them. Just. Just, just for the, wow. because they were better or looked be- apparently outshined uh, others for one way for one reason or the other, literally killed. So yeah, we're lucky we're alive at least. <laughs>
0: yeah, and you know, and I and I certainly you know don't want to compare the those extreme situations. Yeah. saying, here you go, you should freelance. But I think what it does show is that freelancing can sometimes be an outlet for people that sometimes maybe feel a little bit limited within their company, but maybe don't have the the want, the need, or even the interest in running a, a company. So I, I knew Sarah, this is going to be a great topic and why I was so excited to have you on, on this podcast. So thank you for going into a lot of those details.
1: You're welcome. I'm happy to talk about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think one thing that'll be super helpful, you know, a little bit of transitioning is, you know, you have done a great job in, you know, public speaking and kind of building up your, your personal brand. Can you talk to me a little bit about how, you know, public speaking, being on like this podcast, like how has that impacted, you know, the success behind your nine to five career as well as like your freelance work?
1: So building my personal brand generally helped me many times get to the first round of interviews or sometimes even the second, right? Mm -hmm. It did, take me through the door you have a lot to showcase uh, i if i'm interested in role i can connect with like the hiring manager or the marketing director for example and start a conversation and they can see like what's you know my profile my my podcasts or webinars and uh, articles as well so it, it does help me get through the door but and and give an establish because they can see how confident or how confident you are in your skills and um what you can talk about and so on so it does get you in in the, to pass in that in in that area then there is the 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 fit as you know um as we discussed maybe they're not interested in freelancing you freelancing and so on so it did help me in that uh, it, from from that standpoint uh, another thing for my clients i noticed every time I, so i i put i i published four articles so far two on search engine land and two on uh Uh, search engine journal i'd like to publish more but my time is sort of limited anyway so every time i publish i at least get some one person reaching out for a consultation or a retainer at least one person and um i mean that that's the power of a personal brand right um so i i i the reason I started investing in my personal brand so much is I was so invested in SEO and I was giving my all to the companies I worked for and I almost never <laughs> felt uh, appreciated in fact uh, it, it was crazy that like the the things I, I literally would have people reaching out for me there was point, one point in my career where I, I would get Clients and instead of taking them for myself, I would give them to the agency, and right. I was still not appreciated. Which was the people who were appreciated were the people who are good at playing games and right. that sort of thing So uh, that's why when I said okay, uh, I I'm still doing my best at my job because I care, but I also need to invest in myself, uh, and I I never that's the best decision I ever made in my life so far. Um, that the, the only thing is I, it it there's doing SEO is one skill and then there's so many things that you need to grow into to be able to have a personal brand and I'm not there yet but I I hope I I I get there sometime so yeah
0: yeah well we're all building on that (laughs) but I think again you guys can't see this but I mean my head's hitting the ceiling and hitting the floor you know this constant yeah yes 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 because I think you know this was very much the the situation that I was in when I was working agency side and doing freelancing on this, or sorry, agency full-time, but freelancing on the side. You know, there is a lot of, if you don't play the games or maybe the politics are strong or you just aren't feeling like you're you know, a perfect fit, you know, and then you're doing this extra effort and you feel like you're kind of rewarding the company where you don't feel 100% validated. It's hard, but I think the personal branding, the writing, is really an opportunity from my perspective has always been almost like insurance. You know, I looked at it as if, and thank goodness I did this, but it's like, if a day where I was let go or, you know, removed from a situation, where do I go? And, you know, uh, without going too into detail, well, heck, I'll just go into it. So like the last time I was, you know, I've been let go of my job twice. The first time I was let go was terrifying. I lost my mind. I had no clue what I was going to do. And then thank goodness, because of, you know, the work that I had put into the SEO for lunch newsletter, you know, I've written for search engine land. I, you know, follow a lot of people on Twitter and have this network. I was able to get my new job in 10 days. I literally was sitting in the new seat 10 days later. Now I'd be let go from that job too at the end because of COVID. However, you know, it's just another situation where it's like, I feel like it's good to be loyal to your company, but you need to be loyal to yourself first, because if there's ever a situation where they have to pick between their business and you, they're going to pick the business, just like you should pick yourself over the business, given that situation as well. So, and rant, but I feel like that's, it's really important. I think that further validates kind of what you were saying about, you know, investing into your um, public speaking and personal brand.
1: Yeah, I mean, the first time I was let go, that also was on my mind. That you know, I was like so stupid giving them the clients. I thought they'd appreciate that, and uh, and that never happened. And um, and I was also recently let go from an agency, uh, and I th- th- there there was no reason actually. Like I'm on Friday, I was getting uh, onboarded with a client i had a client meeting it went well All well this is like it was an existing client so uh and i was new i was just a new hire and um i met the client monday all good tuesday layoff what yeah. happened on monday is that they lost some ppc clients and then i was like the newest hire probably and i think it was the one of the highest paid maybe on the team so
0: sure. last in so, first out. yeah right. it,
1: I was not happy, to be honest. And, <laughs> yep. and and you know, I put a rule for myself that I will never, ever join a company with less than 50 people. Like the less population or employees there is in a company, they tend to be very irresponsible with hiring and letting people go. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah and I think there's a whole nother conversation about that. And, and you're right. And, and, you know, it's like, I'd even love to have a, a third head in this conversation, because I'm sure from someone like you and I coming from one position, you know, we obviously have some strong opinions. And I'm sure from, you know, leadership pres- position or an owner of an agency, it comes from a, a different side as well. But, you know, it's, it's it's very interesting. It's very hairy. You know, and part of it, I, this is honestly part of the reason why I personally, as of today, have no interest in starting an agency. I just That's not where I want to spend my time. I I like having the business associated with being a consultant. That is fun, but it all kind of revolves around me and impacts me, and it's not taking food off of other people's plates.
1: I I, I see that, and I agree with it. It's just, for me, as I said, um, I need that feeling of security, maybe. I know it's false, but... (laughs)
0: Hey, you know what, the, uh, I was the first one to say, you know, I, I even wrote the blog post that a lot of people probably have read here about, you know, the false dichotomy of, of job security and a nine to five job. But the reality is, is in the right situation, you know, there are companies that are trying their best to be loyal and support, you know, their, their uh, support staff, you know, and and they're trying to and, you know, business is hard. I think we especially saw that with COVID. But I think, freelancing on this I think if there's anything that we're taking away from this is freelancing on the side it allows you to just have more opportunity you know given you know what someone who maybe doesn't have that
1: definitely yeah definitely and and I, I use the income I get from that freelancing and taking courses if I need it. And buying, uh, like, uh, I, I bought two drop shipping websites to experiment with them last year, uh, that it. sort of thing, right? Uh, yeah, because I mean, for me, I have a family and I need to make sure that I'm not touching that sort of because nope. I'm like, I'm always on my phone buying a new domain, and you know, my husband's like, Sir, what are you doing? I'm like, don't worry, don't worry, just I said, I one promise. small, more, one more small project, don't worry,
0: just one more, yep, that's
1: yeah, all like, like it's not like I'm buying Amazon or I'm buying <laughs> domains all the time, and once you buy a domain. There's the whole project coming out of it. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, so I feel like talking about freelancing, there's a little bit of a chicken and egg. You know, obviously you got to have the skill sets to be able to deliver, but you have to be able to kind of demonstrate it for people to be interested in you. And I kind of, uh, um, I put that together with like a personal brand. And I know, you know, you have a pretty, you know, big following. You're especially strong on LinkedIn. Can you give us some tips? You know, if there's somebody that, you know, let's just assume they're already an all-star in SEO, they have this nine to five job, they're happy, but they want something a little bit more, but nobody outside of their clients, you know, at this agency or their in-house job knows about them. Uh, What recommendations would you give to start building that personal brand?
1: Yeah, I would, first of all, I would tell them never copy anyone. Uh, it, it's not going to work because people want to connect with you as a person. I mean, if you copy the best performing posts from everyone, this is, you're not, you're, the, the, people will not see a person at the end of the day. Like they will engage with your posts. You get engagements, but who are you? Because uh, when I get people connecting with me or people asking me questions, I do feel they know me. They've re- like re- read few of my opinions, my personal opinions before, and they're discussing them. Uh, but if you're copying m- m- posts that work, w- how would you discuss something that does not come out of your own experience? Like, it, it's it's not going to be really genuine. So don't copy anyone. Uh, keep trying till you find your voice, right? I kept trying different approaches. And then what worked for me is... I write about something I'm working on, a problem or a challenge I came across. That worked for me because apparently it resonated with a lot of people. They're they're working on stuff and they come across similar things. And from there, I was like, okay, what what if I start SEO riddles? And I started that hashtag where I post uh, head scratching or I'm not sure what's the right (laughs) word. (laughs) Yeah, head scratchers that people are like, okay, yeah, we never thought about it that way before. So (laughs) you keep and if you look even. if whether you go on LinkedIn, on Twitter, like I've recently stumbled upon Christine Zerenko talking about that when she started, she was just giving a summary of um, uh, Google's, uh, uh, John John Miller's videos. She was just summarizing them and posting them on Twitter. So it can be something very sim- simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. You're just, you know, making information more accessible to people. But if someone like comes today and tries to start, uh, for example, a newsletter about latest and greatest in SEO. Well, they're competing with Alida and, uh, you know, it's I, I don't see there a lot of potential there, for example. So uh, be yourself. Definitely keep trying to find your voice and find what you can bring that that people will connect with. Right. Uh, yeah. And And that's when you meet those people in real life or in events, they'll be talking to you about the things you've posted. The this is their image the image they have of you in their mind and um it's only gonna like when you p- build a personal brand you want people to um um to remember you and uh right. connect with you right and um the only way you do that is just finding what is working for you and then resonates with people
0: And I, and I love that. If I think I could sum up a lot of that in even one word, I would just say like, be authentic. Like authenticity is huge. And I think you really captured one thing that I I believe strongly. in. it's like, just put yourself out there. Like you, it's very vulnerable to go out there because I guarantee you, and I hate this. If I could protect everybody from it, I would. You're going to hit a troll before you'll hit a fan. There's going to be like I I I tweet and I talk on LinkedIn a lot about freelancing and some that I'm, um, you know I'm really passionate about. And as Sarah and I had just talked about, it's like when you have some of the experiences that it sounds like we've had in some of our nine to five roles, you know, it, it really makes you want to be an advocate for the topic. But I am regularly told that I I glorify SEO you know, or freelancing and that I don't talk about the bad things and you know that you know maybe I'm making things up. But, really, it just comes down to put yourself out there. anything that you assume somebody knows, you can't assume that because there's always gonna be somebody who's thinking about that just is too afraid to speak up,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah,
0: so sir, on that note, one thing that I get is especially with some younger individuals I've been talking to lately, you know, I'll sit there and say like we'll be at an event, and I'm like, you should throw on LinkedIn." You because know, they'll always look at, like, my followers or someone, they'll say, you know, hey, I'd like to do that. And I'll go over to them and be like, hey, that was, like, a really good nugget in that presentation. You should tweet that out or throw it on LinkedIn. And they look so puzzled. Like, they just have no clue where to even start. Like, what did you do to kind of just, I guess, just it's that start line. Like, what did you do just to start going?
1: I just, you know, just do it. Don't overthink it. Do it and learn it as you do it that's that's the only way it, it can be done literally, because if you keep planning and analyzing and overthinking, you will delay your start It may not start at all. Yep. Um, they you can just think about, okay, how would I make this in like a short post? How would I summarize or highlight that? And um, they keep they, they post one time, they see, okay, was this good or not? Maybe next time they you know change the format a bit um and so on but my advice is just to start executing don't overthink it um and so far I've, I've seen a lot of people that are like a lot of people are nice and will encourage you in your own network right mm-hmm. uh, and I I it, like even for me, like I've been trying to write this ebook for like a thousand years now. And I just say I don't know how to start. And I'm just, and I actually t- took today off to do this uh, podcast with you and to, I said, okay, I'm just going to sit there and start. I'm just going to write and whatever happens, you know, uh, what's the worst thing that can happen? At least I'll know where, where, where's the challenges or why I cannot start. So just do it.
0: I think that's fantastic. And honestly, there's I
1: feel like Nike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. They should have to sponsor this show for that, right? Yes. But no, just do it. And the only other thing that I could recommend is, honestly, like, throw up a splash page. Like, uh, like if you can, buy your domain, you know, nickleroy.com, you know, sarah com, You know, put a picture of your face, who you are, and a contact form, because you'd be surprised that, you know, who's going to reach out. You know, it was just on uh, LinkedIn this morning. I got a note that was like, I liked one of your messages, followed to your website, and I kind of dig what you're doing. You know, let's talk. And I have a call later today. So, yeah. So it's like, just do it, you know, get up there, you know, just, you know, shoot your shot. So, uh, so Sarah, let's move on a little bit more into what recommendations do you have for anyone that aspires to freelance and again it doesn't have to be full-time make up your whole salary even if they want to do it on the side do you have particularly like a book newsletter any courses that you've taken that you just think are you know really good for somebody to look into
1: yeah first of all this podcast they have to listen (laughs) that's the first thing um i i would say also uh you, so you don't necessarily need to wait for people to reach out to you you may look for example for freelancing gigs job posts on linkedin for example you may start to approach people uh just you know uh be ready to answer their questions because uh they'll ask okay what what's your how does it work what what's the fees or what's the budget for that so they have those questions and you need to have those sort of sorted out uh, because you don't want to give the impression that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so um, that, and, and another thing I recently met another in-house SEO that's also a freelancing on the side. And I was surprised when they told me they have four clients because that's exactly the number of clients I can only, that that's the maximum number of clients m- like a, a retainer clients that I can work with per month on the side, on top of my, and um. Without going and being crazy or losing my mind, that so keep that in mind, and, and that you only can have four clients uh, not necessarily, but I mean, for me, that this right. is a specific number of clients, who got, so feel free to be picky. Uh, and um, it, I, I mean, it's not easy getting clients when you're starting, obviously, and even sometimes, even now, it can be challenging, it's it's not always easy. There's a lot of great SEOs out there as well, um, but. It's it's better to be picky and to work with people you know that uh, you are interested in working with them. There's they actually are ready to execute, and so you'll get some uh, results uh, that you can showcase. uh, Because that's one of the mistakes I did uh, a while back. I took on clients that I liked. I liked the businesses, but as we worked, I started to realize they are not ready to execute and, uh, recommendations started piling up and I literally just had to tell them guys in my mind, I'm sorry, I cannot continue taking your money. Uh, because I mean, you're not ready to execute. Let's connect later when you're ready. So, um, as I said, because you have a limited, uh, you don't want to overwhelm yourself and have no life at all. So, be picky uh, even if you don't have a lot of clients right from the start make sure you're working with the right people that will help you have those case studies or something to showcase Uh, it's 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 not so it's not just about the money if you really want to grow your freelance it's also about having those uh, stories to tell right right so uh, yeah that those are two things Um, and uh, I would say also like I built, a, I started a small meetup, monthly meetup with other uh, SEOs. Um, some of them, one of them is in-house, one is an agency owner, and then two are freelancing and three are freelancing. Yeah, And we meet to discuss things and challenges and find yourself a small tribe like this, right? You need people to talk about any challenges you're facing and you'll be surprised how much support you'll get. Uh, I personally forwarded a client uh, I did not have capacity to to one of the people in that group, right? And find your friends f- or, or create a, <laughs> an S- a group of SEO friends that you meet with regularly. It will help you a lot.
0: Yeah, you know, that last tip is phenomenal. I mean, honestly, that's a, a very <laughs> much how I have gotten some of my best clients. It's other individuals or agency owners that. I know and have a relationship with and they can't take it on, or they may have a non-compete, you know, with another client. And you know what, I'm a big proponent of never just saying no. It's always no, but like no, but I know somebody who I think might be a good fit and I trust. So I think that's a, a huge tip and I'm really glad that you made that recommendation.
1: And, and uh, yeah, one more thing, you don't need to wait for clients or find clients who want, may want to start on your own affiliate website or maybe, you know, buy a $500 existing affiliate website and you have like, it's not like a fresh domain. It has some work done there and you can try to make it grow. And that would be a small side gig. Till you, And it, it would still help you to probably have a tiny bit of income, but at least you have stories to tell, as I, as I said, yeah.
0: And you know what the best part is about affiliate sites or ad revenue sites is if they don't work you have nobody but yourself to say why they don't work whereas oh. when you come from an agency side or even on the freelance side uh, as Sarah had said sometimes people just aren't ready they don't buy into it you know there's budget constraints there's always a reason why it doesn't work but the best part of an affiliate site is when it works it's really validating that you know your stuff but when it doesn't work you get to give two big old thumbs to yourself and say, that is why and, it's not working. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, that, and that's the stuff you've been sending to your clients, right? <laughs> this is, this is the, what they will be, will be telling themselves. Oh, this is what I've been telling my clients to do. And it obviously, it's not enough, right? Right. So, I I literally, if what, someone wants to start today, the easiest way is just an affiliate website. And don't overthink it. Just start. You know, just you like don't have... Branding. Yeah. So- it, yeah.
0: Maybe don't start with payday loans, but um, <laughs> you you do you prove me wrong and um, come drive by me in your new Lamborghini. I'll be the first one to be <laughs> drooling. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate you joining us today. I think this has been a fantastic conversation um, for anybody that wants to find you online, connect with you, reach out. Can you tell us the best way?
1: Yeah, they they can either reach out through my website, sarah com or LinkedIn. Um, I'm I'm easy to find on hashtag SEO riddles or just search for Sarah Toher and hopefully I'll pop up.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. And I'll make sure to put all those links below in the show a transcript. But Sarah, thank you again so much for joining us. Um again, all these notes are gonna be a- available as well as this recording on the SEO freelancer.com. Thank
1: you so much, Nick.